You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 21 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined in the Ram in the heart of Bath by the editor of the Toolstation Western League bulletin. It is Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, not doing too bad. Excited for excited for the Christmas festivities. Obviously, just eight days away as we as we speak here, and yeah, lovely to lovely to catch up in in, in yeah. Not quite luxurious surroundings, but a lovely, lovely pub in in in, in my yeah, home city of Bath. Well, it's lovely to be here. This is our, of course, unofficial Christmas party, so we will be retiring upstairs later for um, a few beverages. Um, but before then, we've got the small matter of uh, this week's podcast. With a bit of luck and a following wind, uh, we will be bringing you, of course, two manager interviews. Um, Craig Loxton, uh, the manager of Shepton Mallet, will be joining us. They've been in, in fine form um, in the last few weeks. And also we're hoping to hear from a new manager to the Western League Bulletin. It's John Toy from Old and Abertonians. They were uh, in winning form at the weekend, so it's about time we got them on to the... Uh, it, to the podcast so we'll start with the week commencing the 11th of December there were a couple of games Bitten won in the Premier Division and Cheddar continued their good form in the First Division but really um, the meat and drink of, um, of our first section of uh, this week's podcast is all about Saturday the 15th of December and we start off in the Premier Division where Woolen Rovers were the visitors to Bridgewater Town yeah, um, goals were very much the the theme of the theme of the day, especially in the Premier Division. Unless you were at Roman Glass Hallam, which unfortunately finished goalless. Uh, yeah, and that was no different at Fairfax Park. Five goals there uh, for the two hundred and three uh, fans in attendance. Four of them going to the away side. Willand storming to a four one victory at Bridgewater. Huge game at the top of the table, and uh, yeah, Rovers now level on points. Uh, with their hosts following the, the big win, uh, Luke Mortimer, top scorer this season for Willand, he got the got the visitors uh, the scoring underway just after half an hour, uh, and then not long after, Ryan Guppy headed home a second uh, from a, from a Luke Alden corner. So uh, yeah, in pretty strong position at the break. Uh, Craig Duff extended their their advantage uh, before Jack Taylor uh, pulled a goal back uh, for Bridgewater. I think we were reduced to ten men by this stage. So. Uh, too little, too late, uh, and there it was Josh Sell uh, slotting home a penalty in injury time uh, to wrap up the victory. So yeah, big big win for Willand, and uh, yeah, four one victors away at Bridgewater. Well, it was a big win for Willand, but it was also a big gate, wasn't it? I mean, we are we, we shouldn't forget that we're coming up to Christmas now, and there's an awful lot going on. We've got a lot of sort of family visiting and Christmas parties and last minute present buying, which um, I think we'll probably be doing a little bit of that later today. Um, so not too many three-figure attendances in the Western League, which hasn't been common this season. I think attendances have been pretty healthy on the whole. Um, but 203 at Bridgewater Town for that game. Obviously, it was a big draw with Willand being in town. But, I mean, that really does show... Bridgewater, of course, have been in fantastic form this season. But that really is a sort of a statement of intent. That is clearly a wet, uh, Southern League side in the making. Yeah, I mean, they... I think... I, I've got the, yeah, I've got the, the, the list to hand. They are the... yeah. I suppose you call it the runaway leaders in terms of uh, big big crowds this season. I think they've got the top three attendances in the in the Premier Division. Um, yeah, and that's obviously Fairfax part. They, they do well, not fill it out, but um, yeah, they certainly get their fair share of, uh, of support there. And uh, unfortunately, uh, no points on the weekend. But yeah, obviously in a healthy position in the league table. And uh, yeah, long may that the, the, the big attendances continue. 
Well, it's been a while that Bridgewater Town have been on top of the uh, the Premier Division, but they were replaced at the weekend um, by Westbury United, who won 4-1 away at Chipping Sudbury Town. Yeah, I mean, still unbeaten. Uh, it's quite quite remarkable, obviously. Uh, uh, first Division champions, uh, and yeah, coming into life in the Premier Division, probably couldn't have dreamed that it would be going this well. So yeah, a 4-1 win uh, away at Chipping Sudbury. Uh, they were behind at the break, uh, but um, a, a red card to goalkeeper, um, Ross Grimshaw uh, for the home side that definitely uh, gave uh, Westbury added impetus and uh, yeah J- Jamie Jordan managing to level things up uh, 10 minutes into the second half and then three goals in the final 12 minutes um, gave Westbury the three points obviously a bit of a late salvo but it was uh, Dan Kovacs Dan Price and then uh, Callum Demkiv who's obviously been amongst the goals this season and uh, yeah extending the unbeaten run and yeah as you say moving, uh, moving Westbury to top spot now, of course, last week on the podcast, we heard from Clevedon Town's under-18s manager, um, Alex White. Um, well, it was the first team that certainly have um, stolen the headlines at the weekend, um, triumphing 5-2 uh, at home to Cribs. Yeah, good time for the club at the moment, obviously, yeah. And uh, a big win, as you mentioned, on Saturday afternoon, um, very much helping that. Uh, the Hand Stadium uh, is, a, is a tough place to go, and uh, Clevedon, yeah, putting five past Cribs uh, under... The scoring underway uh, from long range thanks to Archie Ferris uh, with Sid Camper who's doing really well at the moment he then doubled the advantage uh, Cribs got back into the game and gave themselves a bit of a lifeline just before the break Charlie Aldham uh, converting a penalty but uh, after half time Clevedon yeah, pushed on uh, to, to move clear uh, a double from Lucas Fowles and then Harry Smith scoring their fifth and uh, yeah, that was uh, an, another three points for Clevedon and uh, continuing to, to battle towards the top of the division uh, and of course, uh, Clevedon Towns under 18s have got a very important game coming up uh, this week. That's um, on that game, um, of course, pitting Clevedon Towns under 18s against the under 18s of Manchester City, nonetheless, in the FA Youth Cup. So we wish them the very best of luck flying the flag, um, not only for the southwest of England, but of course the, um, the Western League as well. Uh, now, odd down against Cabri Heath. We're going to have a chat about that, but. Unfortunately, low um, attendance here, only 29. Real shame because um, uh, these two sides have been, um, in their sort of different ways, in good form this season. Yeah, I mean, my dad was there, but um, as, as one of those 29, and it was a, a particularly yeah horrible afternoon, wind and rain, so maybe that kept a few people away. But as you say, two teams that probably, yeah, do deserve a bit more of a of a following and uh, yeah wasn't a bad game from all accounts and it was the away side who who came away with the three points uh, and it was a hat trick for Matt Huxley um, he's very much uh, Cadbury's star man and uh, yeah he came to the fourth scoring twice before the break to, to give them control of the fixture uh, before completing his hat trick uh, in the third minute of the second half so uh, yeah putting the game game beyond doubt and uh, yeah that was that was a, a pretty good win for Cadbury Heath away from home against uh, um, an odd downside who as you say are doing pretty well recently but um, yeah uh, it's the away side who took away all three points now our next game is a rerun of last season's Les Phillips Cup final and on this occasion it was Shepton Mallet who hammered Buckland Athletic yeah I don't think anyone would have seen this result coming a 7-2 victory uh, for the host a lot, lot of late goals to be fair so I don't think um, yeah wasn't uh, all out um, control of the match, so to speak, but uh, yeah, four goals in the final 30 minutes, uh, helping them in this one. Uh, Buckland uh, getting equalisers from Chris Chris McPhee and uh, Charlie Johansson after Tyson Pollard had, had uh, twice fired the home side ahead, uh, but then, as you say, um, yeah, Shepton 
uh, running out pretty pretty convincing winners. Ross Padfield, uh, Francois Allen, and then there was also a double from uh, Joe Morgan uh, and helping them to, to a 7-2 victory. Well, you started off by saying that not many of us saw this coming, Tom, and uh, that was exactly the first question that I asked Shepton Mallet's manager, Craig Loxton. Um, obviously seeking some manner of revenge for last season's cup final defeat, um, but um, surely even Craig uh, couldn't see such a margin of victory over their Devon rivals. We didn't really expect, obviously, to score a seven against them. I know um, they're... Uh... They're below us in the league, but um, as far as I can remember, Buckland have always been a, a top five side, and we were expecting a really tough game. But to be honest with you, we, we, we've been creating a lot of chances recently, and probably not taking them. And uh, uh, Saturday was probably our most complete performance of the season, and, and every chance opportunity we got, uh, we took it. So I'm very pleased with that. Now that's the first time you've played Buckland since the Les Phillips final defeat. Did that game? Did you have that game in mind before kickoff? Um, not particularly, because obviously that, that was kind of one-off. We, we just knew that obviously uh, Buckland were coming off that uh, 5-3 win against Bridgewater the week before, so we thought it was definitely going to be a tough game, especially with them being 2-1 down at half-time, coming back coming back to win like that. Um, but no, to be honest, we, we, we've lost our last three games against Buckland. We lost obviously twice last year in the league and then obviously in the, in the cup final. So I think it was time we were due once to win against them. <laughs> when we spoke last, um, you were bemoaning your side's sluggish start to this season. You suggested at the time that they were suffering from a hangover from the end of last season. I think we can safely say that that hangover has cleared up. Yeah, that's right. You know, it was a tough start for us. We, I look at it now and I think about the the points that, that that we've lost during that period. And if you were to add them on now, I think we'd probably be, you know, maybe pushing into sort of a fifth, fourth position. But like I said, um. It was just about getting out of that um, that bad spell that we were in. I know we, I always knew we would, but obviously the longer it carries on, it's in the, in the back of your mind. And to be fair to us, we've we've um, you know we've won eleven out of our last fourteen now, so you know that, that's great form. And just hopefully we can just carry it on through to the new year and beyond. Well, I know from our last interview that you were targeting a top ten finish this season. You, you're already up to seventh, which is only one place behind where you managed to finish last season and I know you were very happy with that so how much further what, what, how, how has that changed your aspirations for the side this season well now now we're up to 7th I said to the lads Saturday um, I'm not looking behind like before we were probably looking behind at the teams that could catch us and now we're just trying to close that gap between, uh, between ourselves and say, say the top 5 you know, I think there's probably about eight, 8 points in it um, Hopefully we we can claw them back over over the the, the three games we have got coming up fairly quickly and, and just hope to push on. You know we, we don't want to stand still. We want to move forward and finish as high as we can. Well, you've got Parkway coming up at the weekend. They're in good form at the moment. That's going to be a real test for you, isn't it? Yeah, it will do. Yeah, they're, they're they're one place above us in the league, two points ahead. I know they've got a few games in hand on us, and I think they're a good team. I know they've got a few players that have played at higher level, so it's going to be another test for us. But we're in good form ourselves and we'll go down there confident and, um, you know, we'll give a good account of ourselves. Now, um, you've got odd down away on Boxing Day and then two games um, at home, at Brislington and Bridport. Now, on paper, those two games are winnable for you. Is that is that how you feel about it? Yeah, I think at the moment, you know, um, the run that we're on, I think we're, we're looking to take points from every game we've got. You know, I don't see uh, home or away being, being an issue for us, I think, is, as long as we turn up on the day and you know, and work hard and put in the performance. I think you know 
there's points there for us to be won. I think obviously we um, odd down are doing all right themselves. They're around us in the league, so hopefully them and in, in, in part where if we can take points off them, we can sort of close the gap and then move away from from them respectively. I mean, when you look at this period in the fixture calendar, of course, you know the supporters. We get very excited about the festive um, calendar because there's normally quite a few games packed in, and it's a great opportunity with so many people off work. But um, how do you, how pivotal do you think this period is in in your season? I mean, if you have a good, um, uh, you know, festive run of fixtures, do you think that sets you up for the sort of the run in in the new year? Yeah, I think it does. Um, they come really fast, and if you can get if you can get maximum points, you know, you're talking. Um, you know, nine points really, really quickly, which can in in our league move you up, move you up a few a few places, which we obviously want to do. It's it's obviously difficult because of unavailabilities that you know people with the Christmas period uh, being away, etc. But they're all normally good sides. We've suffered this year, obviously, with our local derbies. Obviously, Street gone up and Wells went down, so obviously we've got up down on Boxing Day, which isn't a which isn't an issue for us. You know, we'll go there and looking looking to get the win. I, I read the uh, match report from your game against Buckland at the weekend, and um, I think it. I mean, obviously, the whole of the Western League, the whole of non-league football, is very conscious of the weather at the moment. It isn't great, and you know, it, it lives long in our memories the disruption that was caused um, last season. I mean, how, how are you viewing the sort of the current weather conditions? Have you got a sense of deja vu? Are you concerned um, that we might have some disruption over the over the festive period? Yeah, possibly. I know that we had a piss inspection um, uh, Saturday on ours, and the weather sort of turned uh, about midday. It was sort of got real bad. And to be fair to the officials, they had a look at it, and, and it was playable. You know, I've played on a lot worse. And fair play to them. They, you know, and both teams. To be honest, we, we put on a great game. You know, in the conditions. I think going forward, I think maybe if if it carries on like this for the next week or two then you might see um might see some cancellations but hopefully you know it can it won't be as bad as last year cuz i think that was a massive disruption for a lot of teams now i know in interviews like this we don't live we don't like to give too much away um but um again i i, say I did read that um match report from from the weekend and um it struck me that you fielded a a, a pretty strong side um, against against Buckland, your front three in particular um, impressed me. But um, well, it seemed like one of your other players managed to steal the show and take the man of the match award. Have you got anything to say about that? <laughs> yeah, bad time to be honest, because you know it was my first goal of the season, and um, you know about time yeah I put in put in a decent performance. But no, we've we've been running with a smaller squad this year and. The last couple of weeks, we suffered with a couple of injuries, and we've probably only had the, the fourteen, fifteen available. And to be fair, everyone's everyone's pulled in and put in, put in a great shift, and you know, is is showing on the pitch now because we're getting used to each other a bit more. And we've had a couple of new players that have come in that have hit the ground running, and uh, you know, it, it spells good, obviously, for the new year. Hopefully, we can just keep carrying it on. Well, and the goals were shared around as well, which I think probably is, is from your perspective as manager, not least as uh, you know, your role on the playing field must be very pleasing. Yeah, it was because we've, like I said earlier on, we've we've had a lot of chances in games and never really sort of finished teams off. We you know we've sort of won two, one, three, one, three, two, 
and never really, you know, converted all the chances that we created. But Saturday, you know, every, everything we sort of hit went in and the lads were really ruthless in front of goal. And like you said, you know, we had defenders, midfielders, wide players, strikers, all, all chipped in with the goals, like I said, which would give confidence to the rest of the lads knowing that, you know, um, we're not just relying on a single couple of two or three players for goals. Now, you're still going in the Les Phillips uh, Cup. You've got Willand at home. Now, that game isn't going to take place until March, early March, the 6th of March. Um, but um, I know when we last spoke that the Les Phillips Cup was a, was a competition you wanted the club to do well in again this season. Having got to the final, I'm sure you want to go one better. That's a really tasty tie, isn't it, for the fans? I think that's going to be a massive match for you this season. Yeah, it is. Like, after last year, the success we had in it, we, we, we said this season it's a, it's a competition we want to go go as far as we can. And again, obviously, we've got a really tough draw against Willand at home. Obviously, we've, we've lost to them. In the FA Vars earlier on this season, uh, we drew at home and then lost a replay away. We have got them in the league before that, I think January at some point. But like you said, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough game, but you know we're going to go all out to win it. You know we want to get to the get to the final again. That that's our aim. We know it's going to be a tough ask, but you know we're going to give everything we got. Well, you get to the final. I'll be there in my microphone, and hopefully um, you'll be able to, you'll be able to go one better than um, than last year. Um, I can say that now because we're very nearly into 2019. Um, uh, one final question for you, Craig. And um, you know, it's a festive it's a festive time of the year. So, what have you asked Santa Claus for? Three points Saturday, and then three points Boxing Day, and then um, my New Year's wish would be um, three points against Willand on the fifth. And my thanks to Craig for his time. And finally, in the Premier Division, Shortwood United. Another difficult day at the office for them. The visitors with the resurgent Plymouth Parkway. Yeah, um, getting uh, getting an eight 0 win. Uh, Plymouth Park, obviously, everyone knows about Shortwood struggles, but uh, Plymouth Parkway, yeah, finding form again, which is uh, pretty good to see for them. And it was uh, Jordan Trot, Sam Hilson, and Stuart Yetton scoring inside half an hour to yeah, pretty much put the game to bed. Uh, but there was a late hat trick from Jordan and I think that was yeah. Pretty, pretty much worth mentioning. Um, yeah, I think it was three goals in the space of ten minutes for him. So uh, yeah, good, good performance from Partway, and, uh, and then they can take that into the uh, the festive period where they've got a couple of tough, tough fixtures coming up. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's uh... a hand. Yes, it's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah, I've selected paints, cables, sealant, and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock. Hit this button. Thanks, hand, and it's ready to collect in twenty minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. Now we move on to the first division, and our first featured game is Carn Town. They were at home to Bishops Lydiard. Yeah, and Carn dropping some points here, obviously against uh, a lower, lower half opposition, um, and Carn very much with uh, designs on potentially uh, snatching a, a promotion spot. So a two-all draw uh, there at Bremhill View, probably not the result they were hoping for. Um, Lydiard missing a missing an early penalty. Uh, which Khan um, took advantage of to, to go ahead. Matty Jenkins making no such mistake from the spot uh, to fire his side his side ahead. Uh, Ryan Brereton then equalising for Lydiard uh, before Jenkins scored his second. Uh, ten minutes from time to, to seemingly give Khan the victory. Uh, but once more Lydiard uh, managed, to, managed, to, managed to respond. And with the final kick of the game, it was Ben Hebditch uh, managed to grab their second equaliser of the afternoon. And yeah, probably... Uh, surprising a few there, and gained a gained a two draw. Wet calm. 
Yeah, good result for Lydiard. And another good result for one of the league's um, bottom sides, Bristol Telephones. They have actually been in good form of late. Um, and uh, Devizes, the opponents, um, they haven't been in the greatest form, although they have been fighting it. Um, they have been um, playing teams uh, around them towards the top of the table. I actually thought that this would be three points for Devizes, but that's not how it finished. No, and they've come up against a, a Bristol Telephone side sit bottom but they've now got seven points from a possible nine they're in extremely good form um, and a, a good time of the season to do it catching catching some of those sides are, are just ahead of them who obviously probably weren't expecting uh, the phones to, to turn it around quite to this extent so early uh, but yeah uh, a 4-1 victory away at Devizes so pretty comprehensive uh, I'm not sure of their goal scorers unfortunately uh, but yeah uh, a pretty 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 impressive win for the telephones and their uh, their good run continues well, another side that's been on a very good run of form is Canesham Town. And uh, they took on um, Chard, who again have been fighting up at the very, very top uh, of the table. A three-figure gate here, I'm pleased to say. I mean, Canesham, as we know, are a very well-supported side. And without question, the home fans will have gone home very happy. Yeah, indeed. Uh, 11 wins out of 12 now for them. So, as you say, really, really good form. Uh, leapfrogging uh, Chard in the process of this 4-0 victory. And it was Harley Purnell, uh, direct free kick from him at the end of the first half, which uh, put them ahead uh, before Stephen Lee uh, then doubled the advantage uh, pretty pretty early in the second half. Uh, Chard didn't really uh, yeah, pack much of a punch, uh, unfortunately for them, and it was Nathan Kernick scoring twice uh, in the closing stages to, to wrap up the victory for Canesham. And yeah, as I say, run out 4-0 victors. Now, our next game features Oldland Abertonians. We've not had them featured in an interview on the... Um uh, on the podcast this season but um, they certainly did enough um, to warrant a call from my good self on Saturday um, caution with the visitors who themselves have been going very well towards the top of the table but Oldland were the victors yeah caution with another team um, suffering a pretty surprising uh, result a 2-0 loss at Oldland who are yeah, to, well, close to the bottom than the top and it was uh, yeah goals in either half so Luke Tanner before the break uh, and then substitute Lewis Beezer uh, scoring in the second half, and it was uh, Oldland who, yeah, came out with a two-nil victory. That was all the excuse I needed to get hold of the Oldland manager John Toy, and I started by asking John how pleased he was with that victory against high-flying Corsham Town. Yes, uh, very very pleased with the result, um, considering current form and where uh, Corsham are in the league. Very tough opponents. Um, leagues don't lie. Um, we're obviously at the bottom end of the table, uh, looking to build. Um, so yeah, a great positive result from the lads Saturday, a two 0 win, um, and obviously the most benefit is a clean sheet uh, in that result. But um, yes, you know we're we're, we're trying to build. Um, we've had a, a massive transition uh, over the last couple of weeks since we've come in, uh, with the unfortunacy of Scott Armstrong, uh, the current manager, stepping down due to work commitments and. The job come up, and Derek Jones, the, the the Oldland chairman, kindly asked me if I'd like to come in and uh, take over and, and give it a go there. And obviously, I was grateful for the chance uh, to come and do it. And ever since then, we've been trying to work hard. Me and my assistant Mark Ford, who I brought in with me, um, alongside me to assist with uh, trying to stabilise the club, uh, bring more players in because we had a transition where we, we lost quite a few players at the time. Um, and we were very small on numbers in the squad. And we've been working hard for the last eight, nine weeks um, to play catch-up, really, basically, just to try and build a side uh, of local Bristol players uh, with the right attitude, right commitment that we, we, we respect or we want in the 
in the side um, to basically make a push and hopefully take the club forward, um, whether it's this season or next season. But you know, it's probably going to be a building se- uh, building season for us at the moment, and hopefully with a good pre-season under our belts um, at the end of the season. Uh, going into the next one, we can um, hopefully push on and uh, have a go at trying to do something in the league next year. I mean, you, you mentioned that sort of transitional period, obviously, after you, you took over. And I mean, you know, it's been a difficult um, couple of months when we look at the results that you've had. But obviously, to get that win at the weekend against one of the strongest teams in the league, I mean, have you have you seen that result coming? I have, to be fair, if I'm quite honest. I mean, we have, we've, had, we've gone for a tough, tough couple of weeks uh, where we've, I think we've lost six on the banks in games and it's not through um, not having the quality there um, it's basically just the work rate we've, we've up together uh, I mean we've I've had to bring in basically 12 to 13 players so it's, it's basically a new restart of a new fresh team coming in now that haven't played together uh, for a long period of time uh, the system we want to play um, the, the, the gelling of the players understanding how one another play the system we want to play in, in the squad and in every, I think the six games that we've lost in, we haven't been a million miles away. We've, we've been in every game, um, but it's just down to basically individual errors at the back that's frantically cost us, and basically not you know being clinical enough in front of goal and taking our chances. We've always had plenty of chances. We just haven't been putting them away. And, and at the back, it's the same issue. It's just switching off individual errors and lack of concentration that's cost us in games. But we've been in every game. Um, I'm not going to deny we should have had a few more points on the board, but as football goes, you know, you, you take the rough with the smooth, and uh, you know, we, hopefully we've had the rough ride of the deal at the moment, and we're starting to base and build um, a consistent team now that have been playing together for a couple of weeks now, in and out, and um, I've got a, a solid squad of 16 I've got now um, that work. I've got a work-like performance. I'm not technically the most technical going forward or technical players but what I have got is the, the worth ethnic um, the work rate um, the, the workman like performance that they want to do well for one another and they just want to give everything for 90 minutes and they've kept plugging away like they did uh, Saturday and I firmly believe that because they have all those attributes on board to themselves that we, we you know we finished up coming on the winning you know uh, winning the game on a 2-0 victory but like you said, one of the, the strongest teams in the division. Now, you've mentioned that, obviously, you took over from Scott Armstrong. So, can you tell yes. us a little bit about your footballing journey to the Oldland dugout? Well, um, I mean, obviously, I've played football for a long time in my career. Um, before I, went, I took up management role, um, I've played uh, certain levels of football quite a few years in the Western League. Um, I've got a, a couple of spells uh, at Clevedon Southern League, Western Supermare in the Southern League. Um, but roughly, most of my majority of my footballing career was in the Western League, Prem and First Division. Um, and one of the clubs I played for was Oldland Abertonians. Um, I had a great six years there with, with the club. Um, it's a lovely family club. Um, great great uh, committee, uh, close-knit community. Um, and then when the chance came up, I obviously I was asked to go in and do it. Um, I couldn't really turn it down. But I think previous before then... Um, I managed my first spell last year uh, was it, uh, Somerset football with Long Ashton. Um, enjoyed it really well. Again, very hard, as managers can appreciate, is uh, is a full time job uh, and it's a thankless job. Um, but you know we do it because we love it and we're passionate. And um, I enjoyed the little stint that I did. Currently, 
uh, when I was at Long Aston, and then this chance come up, and I thought, well, I'm gonna, you know, have a little go and see if I can progress and work my way up the ladder and um, see what I'd be like at Western League football. Well, you've got Welton Rovers this Saturday. Um, they have just changed their manager. Clive Scott has has parted company with Welton. So, how do you think that's going to impact on Saturday's match? Um, well, another for, for us again. I mean, regardless, you know, it's unfortunate to hear that he's gone um, and parted company with Welton because um, no one likes to see a manager leave any club for whatever reason it is. Um, but again, it's going to be a massive eye opener for us again. I mean, current results that they've gone on. Is out the window now because obviously um, whoever comes in short term or long term period, the players that they've got there now are obviously going to want to impress. So they're obviously going to raise their game now, um, and it's going to be a tough old game again against us. Um, so we've got to make sure that we're fully switched on, committed and focused like we did against Corsham, and hopefully you know take the positives out of that game and take it to Welton, and hopefully we can you know try and do something there if we can. Well, it's going to be a, a, an important game because obviously that takes you into the sort of the festive fixture period, and it's Canesham away on Boxing Day. I mean, that's going to be massive for the club, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's, apart from playing Cheddar this season, um, Canesham's a very tough opposition and a tough place to go at any time um, on their four G. Um, I know the manager well there, uh, John Allen, a uh, very nice bloke. Um, I get on really well with John over the years um, for the football structure we've, we've played together against one another and obviously he's a manager like myself now and he's doing a very good job there at Canesham they've been unfortunately just missed out last year on promotion from that division um, but at the moment he's proven his weight his weight in gold with you know with the sort of manager he is because they're producing again this season and they're high, flying right at the top at the moment uh, so you know I take my hat off to that at the end of the day uh, for the club as well and it is going to be one of our toughest tests um, on the day. Um, not really going to expect a lot out of it, to be fair, but all we can go in, into the game is the same as what we have with every game applied, is you know fully committed, work rate, be positive, and all we can do is take the game to them and just try and see if we can get something out of the game for us. Now, um, that I'm sure will, there'll be a massive gate. Canesham have been getting huge crowds um, this season. Um, but yeah. crowds haven't been great for you, it would be fair to say. So what message would you like to send to the fans about how important it is for them to get behind the team for the rest of the season? Well, I'd, I'd just like to say, obviously, it'd be nice to see a few more numbers now. The, I have noticed over the last couple of weeks there's been a few more people coming through the turnstiles, coming through to watch our games, which I totally appreciate. The club appreciate it because, obviously, without these fans... You know, the local supporters, clubs do struggle to survive. Obviously, we need the, the massive influx of support uh, for us as well because it's mostly appreciated for the players and myself and Mark, my assistant. And all I can say is we will do our best. Um, it'd be lovely to see you, you know, for the rest of the season, pop down, have a, have a drink, a bit of food down there, come and watch. And hopefully, as we're progressing, give you a bit of entertaining football and along the way, hopefully pick up quite a few valuable points and push us towards the top end of the table. Excellent stuff. John, I can't let you um, go without asking one last question. Of course, we are coming up to the Christmas period, and at times like this, we've all written our lists to Santa. I'm sure you're no different. So what, what have you asked Santa to put in your stocking this Christmas? Probably the, the biggest thing I could ever ask for, really, is to make sure we're comfortable this season, finish in a respectable place. Obviously, I'd like to basically, well, for me, I would like to finish in the top six if I can. It's, it's, it's quite a long way away. But I do think it is achievable and it's possible. So I would be happy, realistically, if we finish in the top ten. But what would mean my Christmas would be to finish in the top six. 
And my thanks to John for his time. Now, finally, in the first division, uh, we conclude our roundup by looking at Welton Rovers. They really have been on a poor run of form of late. Um, they, um, uh, they, well, their poor form continued at home to Wincanton Town. Yeah, they came close uh, to gaining something from this game. Uh, late goals from Shaq Green and Omar Simpson uh, for the home side, but it wasn't enough. Uh, falling to a 3-2 defeat. Uh, Wincanton very much at the races, and it was uh, Brett Cottrell who got them got, got the ball rolling in the first half uh, and gave them a deserved lead uh, thanks to a left-footed finish on the half hour. Uh, and then it was further goals from Connor Williams and Jamie Irwin uh, to extend the the advantage uh, to three goals. But as I say, Welton did did fight back, uh, had the better of the closing stages. But uh, yeah, one goal short of a, of a complete comeback. So it was uh, Wincanton who took away the three-two uh, victory and the three points. Well, that concludes our roundup at the uh, the weekend's fixtures. Looking ahead this week, um, Cheddar take on Wincanton on Tuesday the 18th and we've got a couple of Les Phillips Cup second round ties, um, Brislington taking on Buckland and Wells City against Plymouth Parkway. But if we have a look ahead to the weekend before Christmas, that is Saturday the 22nd of December, a pretty full schedule in both the Premier Division and the First Division, weather permitting, let's keep everything crossed. Tom, uh, if you look down the old fixture list there, which, is the, uh, which, which fixture in the Premier Division stands out for you? There's one, isn't there, I think. Bridgewater versus Bitten, uh, two sides that have really caught the eye uh, so far this season, obviously hoping for another big crowd. Um, and Bridgewater will want to want to respond after after suffering defeat against one of their yeah, one of their rivals towards the top. So they've got another one in, in Bitten coming to town, uh, doing really well. And, uh, yeah, I think that's probably, obviously, don't always like championing the sides at the top. Obviously, everyone's worthy of a, worthy of a mention, but uh, that is the game that, that catches the eye when you, you, yeah, sift through the fixtures. Yeah, there are a few now. The season's sort of really hotting up. I think this Christmas period is going to be really important and the sort of shakedown for where the teams are in the table in the new year. Um, Plymouth Parkway are at home to Shepton Mallet, but the, the, the fixture that, that tickles my fancy is Westbury United, of course, are unbeaten league leaders. Will they be able to consolidate their advantage at home to Buckland Athletic? Now, Buckland have had, um, had a good thumping at the weekend. I think it would be fair to say they're a team with very high standards and I expect them to bounce back and I think that that will make for a very, very entertaining game. Now, we have a look at the First Division. And uh, again, I'm going to hand over to you here, Tom. Which, um, which, of the, which of the ties in the First Division tickles your fancy? Uh, I think the one I plumped with eventually was Corsham, Canesham. As I say, quite a lot of games, games to choose from. But yeah, Canesham obviously on the uh, big winning run, 11 from 12 or whatever it is, up into... Uh, second spot uh, joint on points with Cheddar as as, as things stand as we speak right now uh, but Corsham they'll be a tough out um, yeah don't concede too many one of the better defences in the division so I think yeah uh, and playing at home so I think that's probably the, the, the pick of the games for me on uh, on Saturday afternoon well, unsurprising to regular listeners, I'm going to go for a Wiltshire derby. Chippenham Park against Devizes Town. Um, two teams, well, I mean, I think two teams, it would be fair to say, that find themselves in indifferent form, to say the least. Um, but uh, it, is a, it is a derby match nonetheless, and uh, those are always particularly hotly contested, so I think that they'll be interested in, uh, in that game. Now, normally at this stage in the podcast, we take a look at either the league tables or the top scorers because it's Christmas uh, and as a little Christmas present to Tom I'm going to let him do both today it's going to be it's going to be an orgy of statistics 
Um, but before we do that, the chances are that, well, I say the chances are, I can, I can categorically, I can categorically tell you now that you will not be hearing a podcast next week, um, looking back on the fixtures that we've been discussing. So of course that will take us into the Christmas week and you can't have Christmas week without the Boxing Day fixture shakedown. So we're going to conclude the section of fixture previews by having a quick look at some of the games that really tickle our fancy. I'm going to hand over to you, Tom. We're going to start by looking in the Premier Division, of course, and awful lot of derbies to choose from and what catches your eye yeah i mean it's it would be impossible to pick just one uh, from this 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 set of fixtures and obviously we've got a few uh, different kickoff times so obviously check out the uh, tool station uh, league site and obviously the clubs i'm sure will have um, yeah released enough information for you to for you to know when when games kick off i think buckland uh, Plymouth Parkway starting at the top alphabetically a one o'clock kickoff at home as heath uh, two sides yeah, toward towards the top obviously not potentially uh, promotion chasing should we say I don't know um, but yeah certainly could be a, a big second half of the season so this would set them up well uh, a good uh, a good boxing day win I think yeah also Westbury Bradford uh, Westbury can they keep how long will this uh, unbeaten run keep going uh, Bradford have yeah, had a good good couple of results uh, over the last couple of months and uh, yeah a trip to a trip to Meadow Lane uh, for a, for a lunchtime kickoff on Boxing Day might be uh, yeah might be one that they target as a as a bit of a surprise uh, for for them. Well, that that was going to be the game that I called out as well. I mean, I'm not. No, it's all right. Don't apologise because uh, I know that. Um, uh, I mean, I get a bit. It's, I'm glad that you said it because otherwise people will just That's think true. I. I you know, yeah. there are some people who. <laughs> well, that very much so. I mean, there are some people who think that football didn't start until the Premier League started. Um, I'm obviously guilty of thinking that football doesn't take place outside of the county of Wiltshire. Um, but um, what interests me about that Westbury United game against Bradford Town, of course, hopefully regular listeners to the podcast will know that you know Westbury won the first division last season, so they've come up as a first division side. They're doing incredibly well to lead the Premier Division uh, uh, at this stage, quite possibly even leading it going into Christmas. So that remains to be seen. But uh, if they do manage to keep their unbeaten run going, I think this game is going to prove psychologically speaking at least a massive test because near rivals Bradford Town I think have been certainly the bigger brother for a long time I know from the years I spent living in Melksham that Melksham had a bit of the voodoo sign over Bradford the noisy neighbours and uh, that's what quite often happens in these derby games I mean looking down all of the fixtures we're seeing um, matches that on paper at least there's only going to be one winner um, but having said that you never can tell particularly depending on how much Christmas turkey the players have had on uh, on Christmas Day and also sometimes that sort of psychological barrier coming up against a side that's been in a higher division and also I mean we see this don't we in the transfer market sometimes players move from one side to another because they see that as a progression and I think for years um, Bradford has sort of had that sway over Westbury United maybe not so this season so a very very interesting game for the shake-up um, going into 2019 now we move on to the first division and of course equally thrilling um, everybody's going to know which game's going to be my pick so I'm going to I'm going to hand over to you for yours uh, yeah, probably uh, ooh, it's a tough one to to pick again. Uh, I'm probably going to head to head towards Bristol. Uh, we've got Longwell Green Sports uh, having a having a pretty good uh, time of it at the moment, up into ninth. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, they host Bristol Telephone. So obviously, as I mentioned, uh, seven points from nine, a uh, possible nine. Uh, and uh, yeah, still bottom, but chasing uh, the three sides just ahead of them, only two points ahead. So a, a good festive period for, for Telephones. And they could, um, yeah, they could potentially be up uh, as high as 17th. So this will be a, a big game for them. And uh, yeah, it should be a, an interesting, uh, interesting game there between uh, Longwell Green and Bristol Telephones. I made that decision slightly more harder than I needed to for you, didn't I? Because, of course, you know you're not allowed to go anywhere near the Coalfield Classico. That's very kind of you. Um, Welcome, Overs. In our poor run of form, I think it would be fair to say, if you remember, we spoke to Brett Partner, the manager of Radstock Town, a couple of weeks ago, and Radstock had recorded a win, I think it was against um, Warminster at the time. They had two winnable matches between um, that win and the Coalfield Classico. Both of those games have been postponed. So actually, they're not necessarily going into the Coalfield Classico with any sort of form that we can um, identify. Having said that, they haven't lost those games, which, of course, Welton Rovers have been in poor form. But that's a one o'clock kickoff. Always a very, very healthy uh, crowd, particularly at Welton Rovers. I hope that the, uh, the weather is kind to the fans down there because it's a, it's a great occasion. It's, and it's one of the great occasions, I think, in, in the Western League. We've got two sides there that have spent so long in uh, in the league that you know there is history there not just the local history between the two sides but also in the league so I think that that would be a that would be a cracker I think you know it's one of the great games of football you know people talk about the Glasgow derby and uh, you've got the Manchester derby Manchester Liverpool yeah you know the uh, El Clasico and uh, and really you haven't completed the, uh, the you haven't got the box set until you've been to the Coalfield Classico. There you go. That would be that would be my one to look out for um, in the um, in the Christmas period. Um, before we wrap up today's uh, episode, um, do you want to have a quick rundown? Who who's done ever so well in the first half of the season? Who's topping our scoring charts? Goal scorers. So we're looking Premier Division. Uh, there's one man out in front, uh, Jack Taylor, uh, even scored in defeat on the weekend, uh, Bridgewater. 21 league goals for him, uh, and then a couple of players on the 13, uh, Ryan Radford of Roman Glass, and then Westbury, obviously top of the table. Uh, they've got Callum Demkiv, who's also on 13 goals. Uh, so these are league goals only. Uh, first division, uh, you've got Adam Jones uh, of Cheddar on 19, uh, and then his fellow strike partner, Adam Wright, on 15. Uh, so Cheddar, obviously, uh, yeah, one of the main reasons there towards the top. Uh, you've got Stuart Windsor of Cowan on 15 as well, uh, and then a couple of players on 14. You've got Sam Gregory uh, of Radstock, obviously, as I say, uh, the last time we reviewed this, doing extremely well considering uh, where his team his team lie on the table. And then Toby Cole, who seems to score them in uh, score them in 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 bulk. Uh, he's got 14 for Wincanton, so yeah, he's propped up with at least at least one hat trick and quite a lot of uh, doubles so far this season. Uh, and he's on 14 league goals uh, overall. So Taylor uh, is on 25, uh, Jones on 21, Demkiv on 21. So a lot of uh, goals in the, in the cup competitions for for Callum. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've also got a couple of players uh, who we've not mentioned so far. So Ben Bamant of Bitten, he's on 19, uh, and then Matt Huxley and Luke Mortimer now up to 17 goals in all competitions following uh, yeah further 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 efforts from them on the weekend. So yeah, uh, plenty of plenty of goals flying in uh, over the over the new year. Hopefully. To add to these lists. Well, um, as I said, we'll, we'll, we'll indulge ourselves today by having a little bit of a look at the league tables as well. And going into the Christmas period, Westbury United sit on top of the Premier Division. They have played 16, they have won 14, they have not lost any. 
and uh, they have uh, they have got 44 points. Um, Bridgewater sit in second. They've got four games in uh, four games over uh, Westbury. They've played 20. They've got 42 points. Willem Rovers played 17 on 42 points as well. Then it's Bitten who have played 15. They're down on 37 points. So that's the that's the top of the Premier Division. Shortwood um, still to register their first point. It's been a difficult start to life in the Premier Division for them but um, hopefully uh, 2019 will be uh, will be a kinder year for Shortwood United. Hengrove, now uh, they're a side that we probably didn't think were going to be down here, Tom, at the um, at the beginning of the season, but they're down in 19th. They've played 18, they've got seven points. And just above them, another side that I think a lot of, but um, have struggled, um, certainly of late. Roman Glass played 16, they're on 16 points. So that's our Premier Division. You've got the First Division, and um, over to you. OK, uh, so yeah. Uh, Cheddar, uh, top of the table as we as we speak on the 17th. Uh, they've played 16, uh, so that's the, the, the fewest of any side uh, in the division. Uh, they've won 13 of those, only lost the once so far. 52 goals, so they're the, uh, the most prolific, and they have the best defence. So obviously a very good, uh, very good first half of the season for them. They're on 41 points, uh, as are Canesham, who are obviously hot on, their, uh, hot on the tails. Uh, 19 played for them. Uh, 41 points uh, with 13 victories, uh, but very much the team in form. You've then got Chard uh, in third, uh, 18 games played, they're on 38. And then the chasing pack includes the likes of Carlton on 35 points, Corsham on 33, uh, and Ashton and Backwell doing well. Uh, played half of their league fixtures, uh, they've won 10 of them, which is no mean feat, uh, and they're on 32 points, so that's the top six. Uh, and then at the bottom, as, as we've as we've mentioned a few times, Bristol Telephones very much uh, catching, catching, uh, catching form at the right time. 18 games played for them, they're on 11 points. Uh, they sit bottom, but then you've got the three teams just ahead of them. So you've got Radstock, Chippenham Park, and Porter's Head. So that's 17th downwards, uh, and they're all on 13. So just two points ahead of the phones. Uh, and then a couple of teams on 18 as well, uh, who are probably still looking over their shoulders a little bit. You've got Bishops Lydiard, uh, Sherborne and Oldland. So, uh, yeah, absolutely loads to play for uh, in the second half of the season and especially over the over the, the, the coming weeks. Well, that nearly concludes our um, podcast for this week. Um, we're obviously reviewing your bulletin and um, the... Uh, where can the listeners find that uh, on the Western League website? So there's a tab along uh, the top now when you when you find the home page uh, and that should take you to the uh, the, the most most recent um, bulletin and that's also on the home page about halfway down uh, in the middle uh, where you can download the uh, the word and PDF formats uh, and yeah that's that should be should be up, updated every every Sunday morning. And um, also, of course, over the festive period, while we're tucking into our mulled wine and mince pies, you'll be slaving over a hot laptop writing your words for the non-league paper. Um, you're, um, I'm assuming that we've got a column in this week's paper? Indeed, yeah. Uh, step five and six section. Uh, that will look back on all the goals that flew in in the, uh, the Premier Division on the weekend. So, yeah, plenty to, plenty to look back on. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, in, the, in the usual places. Now, uh, next week, uh, Tuesday, which is the day that we traditionally, or I traditionally, finish editing the um, the podcast, um, is uh, Christmas Day. And I have no interest in phoning up any of our managers <laughs> or spending any time editing any audio on Christmas Day. So hopefully the listeners will forgive me this uh, this one uh, week off um, to spend with my, my family. I will try and watch a little bit of football that week if I can, but um, Christmas ha- is quite a busy time. It's a busy time for me and for you, Tom, I believe. 
Um, so um, we're going to have next week off. We hope to be able to bring you a podcast the following week. That will be the week, the first week in um, um, in January. Although um, again, with holidays uh, and uh, and other commitments, it's not always easy to guarantee whether we can. So um, keep keep peeled. We'll do our best to uh, to try and bring you a podcast. If not, we'll be back on the week commencing. I think it is the eighth of um, January. And uh, we'll definitely be bringing you a podcast looking back, of course, at the recent fixtures and the more remarkable games over the Christmas period. It's been a very enjoyable 2018 for us. Thank you very much um, for staying with us. Of course, this is our second full season uh, with the Toolstation Western League podcast, and it's proving to be every bit as exciting and competitive as last season uh, did. Um, so we very much look forward to the, bringing you the exciting conclusion in 2019. I think when we come back next year, we'll probably be bringing you our um, our new year's resolutions as well as um uh, all of our usual interviews and, and features on the tool station western league podcast um if i get the chance i might well produce what i hope will become a, a, a mainstay of your christmas entertainment which is our festive outtake show um which i know tom in particular really looks forward to um, but um, well, that's going to require me getting 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 my head down and doing a bit of editing. So um, hopefully, we'll be able to bring that for the listeners over the festive period. A bit, bit, a bit, a little bit of fun at the uh, some of the some of the sections of the podcast that we would rather you didn't hear, particularly with all the with all of the colourful language bleeped out, so that it is suitable for all the family. But anyway, uh, well, for 2018, this has been your Toolstation Westernly podcast. <laughs>